Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Motherfucking mini-episode. Mini-episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode. I don't know why my voice got that high. Phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories, and we finally work to prove. The theories that you, the listeners, have at home. Did I mention it's a mini episode? I did not. I railroaded right through that shit. But you goddamn right it's a mini episode. And as you know, the mini episodes are all about you bitches at home. I'm tired of talking to my friends and peers and and people who I respect in comedy and art. No, fuck them. I want to hear from you, the, the person who works at... At Walmart, I, I want to know what you believe in, guy who, uh, who who shits at a bank. Tell me what you know out in the world, lady who samples deodorants. I assume that's a job that exists, that people have to, like, sample deodorant just to make sure that it's it's safe, I guess, for us to go in and use the deodorant that gets sampled. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I, I, I'm just a man with hundreds of dollars of recording equipment and a lot of bad decisions living in my head. That said, you know who didn't make a bad decision today is, is the, the person who sent me a message, an exciting conspiracy theory, one that, that has come across my desk. And I say desk very loosely. I, I record this out of my daughter's nursery. She's not here yet, and so I get to keep recording here until my wife inevitably kicks me out and I'm forced to be a nomad in my own home. Did I pay for the home? Absolutely. But somehow I lost the battle. 
And that doesn't make sense to me, but not a lot of things do. Anyway, the point is a person named Anthony sent me a message that I'm going to play for you now. Hey, Langston, this is Anthony, a big fan of the show. Um, Ooh, big fan. I had a conspiracy theory that I would love to hear you talk about. It's about Easy e being Uh-oh. shot up with the AIDS virus by Suge Knight. Whoa. I don't know if y'all heard it, but I've seen it on the internet a few times, and I thought it would be good for the show. Thanks a lot. Keep them going. All right. Well, thank you, Anthony. For I, I appreciate how concise you made that message. I don't appreciate you sending me such a dangerous conspiracy theory. I feel like this is the type of conspiracy theory that's going to get my door kicked in at night. But I guess you don't give a fuck about my future, Anthony, or my family's safety. So eat a dick, Anthony. But but thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to unpack this one. And boy, was it a doozy to to read about. So I think the easiest way to enter this conversation is to really break down the timeline of Easy es relationship with HIV. Now, it is suggested, and I don't know the exact timeline for some of these things, that Easy e basically uh, began feeling symptoms of pneumonia around, or, or at least a, a type of cold around January. He goes in to a doctor to get that assessed. By February, he's been diagnosed as HIV positive. Then on March 17th, 1995, Easy e announces to the world that he has been diagnosed with AIDS. Now, This is where things get messy because March 26, 1995, literally two weeks later, he died from AIDS induced pneumonia. He died from pneumonia brought on by AIDS and its complications one month after his diagnosis and then a few weeks after his announcement to the world. Now, the suddenness of his death, despite never showing any real signs of being sick in relation to AIDS or at least what people associated with HIV and AIDS at the time, the the lesions on the skin, losing weight, sort of appearing sickly. He never had any of that. And the re- him never having any of that is part of the, the reason that most of the quote unquote deniers tend to point or at least question if Eze did in fact contract the disease through his own promiscuity or if he was in fact murdered intentionally given the AIDS virus uh, as a a tool of murder. Now, this conspiracy theory, although it sounds insane, is kind of held by a shit ton of people in Easy es life. That includes Jerry Heller, who was the his former manager and, and partner at Ruthless Records, uh, members of Bone Thugs and Harmony, who had just signed to Ruthless, his former personal assistant, Charms Henry, BG Knockout, and it even includes Easy es son, Young Easy, original name. I like what he did there. He could have just been Easy F or Easy. D. You know what I mean? He could have just kept going with the the letters of the alphabet, but nah, he said, fuck that. I'm going with Young Easy. Super smart, super classy. Love that shit. Anyway, it is worth noting that not all of these people suspect that Easy got intentionally injected with the AIDS virus by Suge Knight. Suge Knight is, is not everyone's first suspect. In fact, many of them are pretty suspicious of each other. Many of the people on that list suspect that the others are responsible. It's it's a real game of nigga clue 
with a bunch of folks being like, I think it was Jerry Heller with the acupuncture needle under the staircase. Or I think it was Daz Dillinger with the crack needle under the Raiders hat. You know what I mean? It's 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 not the same kind of clue game that we're used to, but it sounds pretty fun. If anybody wants to invent nigga clue, I'll play. I'll send some money to that GoFundMe. You know what I mean? It, let's let's get back to GoFundMe's that are for fun games, like the transmission of of secret AIDS needles for killing celebrities. You know what I mean? No more of these GoFundMe's where you're trying to get liver transplants or or fix your burned down home. Fuck that. I want the games back. You know what I mean? Anyway, there are a lot of suspects, but across the board, the leading front runner seems to be successful murderer Suge Knight. Now, the feud between Easy and Suge began in 1991 with Suge showing up to Galaxy Studios in Los Angeles with baseball bat and goons in tow to force Easy E into letting Dr. Dre, the DLC, and Michelle out of the Ruthless Records contract. Basically, they wanted to leave. If you've seen Straight Out of Compton, you know there was internal strife between Easy and Dr. Dre and all of the people at Ruthless Records. And Suge Knight, being who Suge Knight is, decided the easy way to solve this problem was to beat the shit out of EZE rather than uh, yeah, get lawyers involved. He really is a, a, you know, a straight shooter in that sense. You don't need to go through the legal system to solve these problems. Just break somebody's knees with baseball bats. And, and then usually those record contracts find their way of working themselves out. That said, Jerry Heller even maintains that he talked to Eazy-E and Eazy once confided in him that he was going to murder Suge Knight. He was going to murder Suge Knight, but Jerry talked him out of that decision because at the time, Death Row, which was a brand new record company, posed no real competition to the stronghold that Ruthless Records had over hip-hop. Jerry also maintains that he now regrets not letting Easy commit that murder because it would have ensured that no one left Ruthless Records and their longevity would have never wavered. So all in all, I think based on these statements, you can tell that Jerry Heller is a pretty good guy. Just a solid human being. No notes on my end. Sure, let your friend murder Another human being so that it ensures Ice Cube never goes and uh, tries his music elsewhere. Seemed like a smart, healthy person, Jerry. So basically, this fight happens. Easy ultimately is forced to give up these contracts. And it's, it's not obviously, it's obviously not a great thing. But that said, it's not necessarily enough to warrant accusing a man of running around with a samurai AIDS needle. You know what I mean? Like they really it's it's a big sell to jump from beating the shit out of somebody in a record studio so that you can solve some contract issues into now then trying to inject him with the AIDS virus. However, in 2003, after Suge Knight was released from prison, he made an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, which is an insane concept in and of itself. He this big evil motherfucker found his way onto, I guess, one of the most popular late night shows in the country. And on his appearance in Jimmy Kimmel Live, he insinuated a direct connection to Easy's death. The quote that everybody sort of points to is that should go see technology is so high. And this is after, you know, Jimmy, I guess, playfully 
prods at Suge's history with with killing people. He's giggling alongside Suge Knight, laughing about his his tendency to murder people. And Suge retorts by saying, see, technology is so high. So if you shoot somebody, you go to jail forever. You don't want to go to jail forever. They have a new thing out. They got blood from somebody with AIDS and they shoot you with it. That's a slow death. The easy E thing. You know what I mean? And that, whoo, I guess after he said that, the audience laughed. I guess they giggled and and then there was a big applause and maybe uh, it's 2003. So Fallout Boy played. I don't know. It, it's a little weird to even think about how this was a comfortable conversation on a stage in front of millions and millions of viewers. But I think it does speak to the way that white people continue to manipulate black sort of media and entertainment to make us sort of they, they continue to put our worst people up in front of us and pretend like they don't understand where this violence comes from. But this feels like a conversation for a different day. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Either way, Suge Knight is, whether honestly or sort of playfully, poking at the fact that Eazy-E may have been murdered through suspicious needles rather than uh, natural contraction through sex. Now, it is worth noting 
And this is where things get interesting is that Eze had a shit ton of sex, like a shit ton. And none of his partners have ever come forward claiming to have contracted the disease, certainly not from him. On record, Eze had seven children from six baby mothers, although Jerry Heller, uh, you know him, famous good guy who also, I guess at some point in his own book, self-described as Easy es best friend, which I don't know in what world this old fucking creepy, sweaty, evil record company exec is also somehow hanging out with Easy e and they just can, they never run out of stuff to talk about. But apparently they were best friends, according to Jerry Heller. And when he went on record claiming that Easy e had 11 children by eight different baby mothers, although I don't know, based on everything that we're saying, that uh, Jerry had great records of any of these relationships. Still, none of the mothers or children have ever come forward as testing positive for HIV. And in fact, Easy's then wife, Tamika Woods, was pregnant at the time of his diagnosis, and both she and the child that came after Easy's death both remain HIV negative, or at least were HIV negative at the time. If they're positive now, they ain't talking about it. This seems suspicious. And for a lot of people, including people like Lazy Bone and, you know, a lot of motherfuckers, I guess, uh, lazy, crazy, I don't know where Wish stands in this whole thing, but I assume Wish is aligning with his boys in this whole thing. Seem to point to the fact that the speed of his death means that something more drastic happened. That oftentimes, and, and many people point this out, that oftentimes with the AIDS virus, people live much longer than a few weeks. It isn't like this sudden death. It actually is something that eats away at you for a long time. And especially given the resources that Eze had, he wasn't a broke person. So he had all the, the resources and access to be able to keep himself alive. And they claim that part of the reason that he died so quickly was because of the extreme amounts and contact that happened with the AIDS virus. That said, I read a, a Washington, I can't remember which version of Washington article this was. Which which was this? Was this Washington Post? The Washington Post. There's a whole bunch of Washington ass periodicals. And so sometimes you forget, you know, when you're talking to yourself alone in a nursery. That said, there's a Washington Post article that sort of explains a bit of how it's possible that none of the the people who are coming in contact with EZE would in fact end up with the AIDS virus. Justin Goforth, a registered nurse at Whitmer Walker Health and longtime survivor of being HIV positive, he has he had it for 23 years at the time that this article came out, explains that even without treatment, only about one third of children are born HIV positive to an HIV positive mother. Even with no treatment for anybody, the mother or the child, still about two thirds of the babies are born HIV negative. Similarly, he explains that the transmission of HIV is much harder through vaginal in intercourse versus anal intercourse, and that it's not uncommon for sexual partners to go years without contraction. And I'm going to read you a bit of uh, a lengthy quote, but I think it does add a lot of context. The article explains people are infected with HIV, who are infected with HIV, who go untreated, tend to experience very high viral loads in the early stages of infection, and that's when their T-cell counts drop. 
basically your T cells are the things that protect you against the virus. But then after that, there's a period of latency that can last for years when their viral loads are quite low. The lower the viral load, the more difficult HIV transmission becomes, especially through vaginal intercourse. It's about average that someone lives about eight to 10 years from day of infection to death without treatment. Far more people are infected by people who are in their first year or so of their infection because their viral load is really, really high. They're still healthy. They're still having sex. Then their viral load drops off pretty dramatically for years, and then it starts climbing back up pretty dramatically. At that point, he then explains that it would surprise him if none of uh, Easy E's partners during that early period of time got infected, but it wouldn't surprise him if people that were with him for the middle part of the years of his HIV infection didn't get it infected. He says, I've been doing this since the 90s and have seen that happen and have had couples sit in my office like I don't understand how he can have HIV and I don't have HIV. It definitely happens. So there is the possibility that Easy E could have been infected anywhere between the mid 80s to the early 90s and the early partners just got fucking lucky and the later partners were statistically far less likely to contract HIV because of his low viral load that basically the shift in the viral load this sort of bell curve of viral load shit basically kept them safer from the virus than anyone anticipated so Long story short, this was a bunch of science talk and bullshit and reading. Who the fuck wants to read? You know what I mean? Who wants to hear me read? Nobody likes it. But, you know, I feel like I owe a certain level of responsibility to this conversation because otherwise I'm just accusing a a murdering man of of murdering in a different way, I guess. I don't know. It's all very uh, scary and complicated. But that said, do I actually think that Eazy-E got AIDS from Suge Knight by being injected by Suge Knight? I don't. I don't think that that's probably true. I do think that Suge Knight is a very effective killer. And I think that, uh, you know, if you're good at something, you like to brag about it. You know what I mean? You like, hey, listen, I'm pretty good at comedy. I like to think of myself as a, a pretty funny motherfucker. And I like to make that clear in most places that I go. I want people to know I'm funny. And, well, Suge Knight's real good at murder. So I think everywhere he goes, he's he's like top five. You know what I mean? There's He's up there. There's there's him. It's it's John Wick. It's it's Genghis Khan. It's hmm, oh, Dick Cheney, I guess. Maybe Coney 2020, 2012. That was too many 20s, but you get the point. And there aren't a lot of murderers as, as good as Suge Knight. So yeah, if he's hearing about somebody dying, he probably takes credit for that shit. If somebody's like, he probably walks up and down hospital wards like, yeah, I killed that bitch. I killed that bitch. I killed that bitch. And it's like, who's going to walk up to him and be like, no, you didn't. You you big motherfucker. You didn't kill these people. It's like, nah, you just let them kind of have it. So I think Suge Knight is just wanting to take credit for something really sad that happened to a guy during a time when we weren't hugely sensitive to what this virus was and, and is and didn't know a lot about the way that it's contracted. And we knew even less about the way that it takes people's lives. So now nah, easy didn't die from murder. He, he died from his own uh, from just getting his dick sucked too many times. And that's a that's a sad way to go out. But hey, you know, there are worse ways. If you got to die, death by snoo snoo. That's what I always say. Anyway, 
If you want to tell me about other conspiracy theories related to people getting their dick sucked too many times, you can send those conspiracy theories to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I want to I want to talk that talk like I did with my boy Anthony here. And so please send me your voice memo. Send me your messages. I, I want to unpack shit with you. And also, you got to You got to subscribe. What's wrong with you? You're sick. You got to subscribe, subscribe to this shit and review it and say nice things on the Internet. Tell your friends about it so that we can up our listenership and I, I can get sponsorship from companies that we respect like Serta or, or what's a what's a dream company? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, if I could ever get a, a good Reebok sponsorship, maybe. Reebok is is suddenly uh, back in the game and ready to to really uh, do some sponsorship with your boy. I don't know why I would want Reebok. I don't even I don't know that I own any Reeboks, but they're back, baby. And they're ready to talk that talk with my mama told me. And that could all be made possible by you writing a review of my work. (laughs) I don't know. God, this is all stupid. I could have ended this years ago. Okay, bye, bitch. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.